0: Good morning good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you this morning? Oh, wonderful. How is everyone this morning? Wonderful. Glory to God, glory to God. You know, you have something to be thankful for. I do. You have something to rejoice for. What so whatever you came in here with, you need to go and drop it back off outside <laughs> and tell it to take a hike. Hallelujah. <laughs> because we come to lift up and magnify the name of the Lord and be fed of him today. Father, we thank you this morning. We enter this morning with thanksgiving and praise. And we love you, Lord God, because you are so good. You're worthy of every praise, every accolade, and every honor. And everything that is done here today, let it be done, Father, that you get the glory and the honor. And that the people of God will be edified, and they will be challenged To think differently, to act differently, and to be differently. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a hand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I am so, you may be seated. I am so happy that uh, I am a member of this ministry. I am grateful for the apostle of this ministry. Uh, And I know, and I'm not, this is not going to be a message about Dr. Baker this morning, but uh, I I have to say this. uh, I'm grateful for the unique and special relationship I have with the prophet. But I'm also mindful of when the prophet calls me sometimes, it's not calling me just to say how everything is going. Sometimes there is a Word from God that I need to hear. I had such a call this week. Help me, Jesus. And as the prophet spoke, you know, she started off, and sometimes we get so we're too serious, we're just too serious, and God's not like that. Loosen up, you're too uptight. And she'll start off telling me something funny about politics. But I sensed a shift in the conversation. Say shift.
1: Shift. shift. shift.
0: The problem with many of us is we don't understand when the shift takes place. And so she began to talk about tithes and offerings. And I knew I needed to write down what she said. Now, let me tell you uh, something here, and I hope you learn from this. Many times what happens is we know we need to write it down, but we will interrupt the flow of God. Hold on. Let me go get a pen. Let me go grab something. What you need to learn to do is use whatever you have available right in front of you if you have to write on your hand. I didn't say, hold on, Dr. Baker. I need to go grab a pen. In fact, I was sitting in the chair that I sit in in the mornings or actually whenever I'm watching television, and uh, I had a card that I got in the mail, a little postcard. I picked the card up, and I began to scribble what I heard from the apostle on there. Now, I tried to record it with my phone first, but because we were on the phone call, it would not allow me to record See, writing is good, but listening is better. <laughs> and I'm going to explain that in just a minute. Uh, 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 writing is good. See, when you write, sometimes, though, you write your stuff. Mm-hmm. When you listen, you can't change what has been spoken. Get that into your spirit. So I took this postcard, and I began to scribble some notes on it. And I went off and left it this morning, and I called my wife and said, I need you to take a picture of that card and send it to me. So if you can see it, this is just a little card. I just scribbled a couple little notes on it. And I don't remember when that was. Was that Wednesday or Thursday that the apostle called me? But the one thing that stayed with me was she said, we need to learn to work with heaven. Hallelujah. We need to work with heaven. And all day after that and all day yesterday i began to think about that point work with heaven now fast forward i got a email from pastor Zine. now i didn't i think she said that to me on friday it was an mp3 audio file i didn't listen to it friday i didn't listen to it yesterday I listened to it on the way this morning, and it's so powerful how God works because as I listen to it, I begin to get ministered to again, all over again. The first, the, the audio was about, I don't know, seven minutes or so, and in the first two minutes, the Lord told me, that's a prayer. My goodness. So I got here early this morning. In fact, I beat Diana here. And I told her she's going to have to step her game up because I'm beating her here. Um, I sat out in the car and I had this little notepad from Embassy Suites. Mm -hmm. And I began to write the prayer down. Writing is good, but listening is better. I listened to it. But I wrote it down here because we're going to pray this prayer this morning. And what I know is in that seven minutes, there are additional prayers that need to be prayed. But this is all you can handle for today. <laughs> so we're going to give you some bite sizes so you can get it. We're not going to beat your head over about tithes and offering as a legalistic issue. I remember when I was growing up in church. Many times, the talk about tithes and offering was all legalistic. It was all about, you know, them, but it really wasn't about God at all. Let me tell you something. When you tithe, you're not tithing for the church. You're tithing for you. You're not tithing so that their lights are on in the building. You are tithing so that you can pull on God's word and what he said. Where is, let's go to that, that, the Bible real quickly here. Malachi, where is it, the tithing offerings? 3.10. 3.10. And when you read the first part of that, you will get it. Bring all the tithes. Actually, let's back up just a little bit. And I'm going to do like Dr. Baker said, well, let's start over here. So we're going to do that. So let's start on eight. Should people cheat? No, no, go back a little further than that. (laughs) All right, let's start with seven. Ever since the day of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees. Does that sound like many of us today in society? And fail to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? But you ask, uh, uh, when we've never gone away, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When we, when have we ever cheated you? I'm, I'm, my lies are a little blurry here, so excuse me. You have cheated me. Of the tithe and the offering due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheated. You got to understand something. When we tithe, we tithe not simply for what we're going to get out of it, but what is going to happen to the nation that we reside in. It's a key principle. We are fighting for the nations. And so when the prophet said to me on the call, this point that just keeps going on, work with heaven. When we tithe, we put into operation a co-partnership with heaven and we begin to work with God in a manner that the things that need to be manifested in the earth begin to manifest.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Work with heaven. Yes. Now there's a benefit to you because when you tithe, you have the ability to challenge and ask God and say, hey, Lord, I've done this. I've done what you said so that you also reap a benefit. But the greater benefit is to your nation. The nation needs you today. I asked a question last week or two ago. About what would I do, what would you do if you had that money? That's really the wrong question for the tithe. Because it wasn't yours in the first place. It's not mine in the first place to determine what I would do if I had it. (laughs) So we need to change our mindset and realize that it's not yours anyway to determine what to do with it. It is the Lord's and it is holy. So as we look at tithes and offering, we're not looking at it legalistically. Whether you do it or not. God still going to get himself some glory. Hallelujah. Because there's yet a remnant in the earth that's going to intercede on behalf of the nation.
1: Hallelujah.
0: I love the spirit that I heard this morning from the apostle. She walked in and she said, I'm so happy. I get the tide this morning. What is he saying? I get to affect change in my nation this morning. Come on, somebody. When, when you really get it, that's why I got all emotional about it because well, I, I finally got it down in my spirit what tithes was about. After all of these years of tithing, I finally got it down. It was my, my, my eureka moment. Sometimes you have a eureka moment. Oh, what? That's what that? Oh, my Lord, Jesus. <laughs> so uh, my question to you before we pray Bring your tithes and offerings, and first for whatever you have, let's bring those forth. Are you willing to work with heaven? Yes. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what the pastor is going to bring forth this morning. Hallelujah! I know it's going to be a fantastic word. From God's heart, hallelujah. Are you willing to work with heaven? Please stand, please stand, please stand, please stand all over the building. And those of you who are online, uh, we encourage you, if you'd like to donate uh, and give into this ministry. We're at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard. If you're in the area, come on down uh, and be here with us. Or you can go online and uh, reach us at www.astoundinglove.org. And if you want to give into this offering, you want to tithe into this offering, do it today because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for the nations. So I'm going to read this prayer. And I think we really need to get this part written out so that we can really start to read it and get it down in our spirit. I scribbled the notes on here, so I may stumble a little bit. That's all right. We're going to get it all right because I'm, I was standing in the car trying to write it down pausing and all that so we're going to get it down but i believe i have the gist of what the word said father and i want you to repeat it after me Father, Father, I am no longer dependent upon my abilities.
2: I am no longer dependent upon my abilities.
0: To take care of myself. To take care of myself. I am no longer dependent upon my strength.
2: I am no longer dependent upon my strength.
0: I now reply I now rely. I now rely on, on your strength.
2: On your strength.
0: And let
1: and let
0: what I release here on in this earth what i release here here on on this earth earth, let it work let Let it work work. we are co-laborers together we are co-laborers
1: together
0: co-laborers with christ co-laborers with christ so as i do my labor here on earth so as i do my labor here on earth Christ, I expect you.
1: Christ, I expect you. And
0: I thank you. And I thank you that you are doing your work from heaven. That you are
1: doing your work Glory
0: from to God. And now we join together.
1: And now we come on down
0: in faith. And the two of us are working.
1: And the
2: two of us
0: are working that the Father makes everything done.
2: That the Father makes everything
0: done. That needs to be done. That, that needs, needs to, to be done. done. My tithe, my tithe, not only speak in heaven. Not, not only speaks, speaks in heaven. My first fruit, my first fruit, not only speaks in heaven. Not, not only speaks in heaven. Speaks but in heaven. it speaks in the earth. Yes, it, yes, it speaks, speaks in the in earth. earth. And so, yes, I, so I, I now try to get. Now try to get. I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to get. Heaven to come work, on earth, work
1: on, earth. on earth,
0: but I'm, I'm working, with working with heaven in co-partnership with God. In partnership Come on, God. give God a hand prayer. Hallelujah. That is our prayer this morning. We are working in co-partnership with you, Lord God, that our nation will be blessed, yes. that the land will be
1: healed yes. in the name of
0: Jesus. We thank you and we glorify you because you have given us, oh God, the keys to the kingdom of God right here in the earth realm, and that is our relationship with you. Let us be about our co-partnership with you through tithes, offerings, and gifts of love. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the God's praise. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Glory to God. First of all, in the name of Jesus, we come against everything. Give me that thing. Uh, uh, First of all, we thank you, Father, that all of the the, the voices of the adversary have been closed right now. They are frozen right now because of the time. Hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. Because this nation, this nation, this nation under God, inseparable, indivisible, has the liberties and the justice that it well, that it requires for all? So we speak to those voices in the name of Jesus, and we say, "You come against, you come against an office, you come against the man you're judging God's servant, you're judging God's man, and it's time to cease and desist. Yes, yes, it's time yes, to the- shut up in the no, name of no, Jesus." No, the name of yes. Jesus. You demonic spirit that's the working through these people. Yes. In the name of Jesus, God, we bless the people, but we speak, we curse this, this voice that's coming out of them in the name of Jesus. And we have released the tithe. We have released it. We have not stolen from you. So we have a voice, we have a right. It is not because it is just a law, it is the law of the land. It is not. And we come to you in our covenant. And you said, these are the things that you would do. Oh yes, 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 yes. And we do this because we've received that river of love right now in the name of Jesus. And the prayer that we pray for the president of the United States of America comes out of that love, comes out of that flow because of what you are holding back in this nation. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Lord, yeah. praise, praise, glory to God. Glory Hallelujah. Jesus. And Father, Jesus.
0: we thank you and we pray for our president today. We pray that you cover him with your blood. President Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump, we pray for him today yes, yes, in the name of Jesus. That you will touch him right now, even as we pray. Comfort him in the name of Jesus. Comfort him in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Yes. yes Lord. Oh, God, as the enemy comes in like a bug, raise up a standard against them in the, name, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus that angels are encamping around him in the name of Jesus. And has already been prayed, oh, God, the mouths of the enemy is silent in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray strength to his body, mind, soul, and spirit that he stays the course of what you called him to do in this hour and this season in the name of Jesus. Yes, they're attempting to take him down, but you cannot take down what God has appointed. You cannot take down what God has ordained in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Strengthen him today. Strength today, Lord God. Strength and perseverance in the name of Jesus. Strength and perseverance. Be courageous, President Trump, in the name of Jesus. Be courageous and not afraid. Do not doubt. Do not lean to your own understanding. Do not compromise. In the name of Jesus. For God is with you. And we the people, tithers,
1: we are with you. Yes, We
0: stand with you as you hold up the blood stain better. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to, God. Glory
1: to Jesus. I need you to understand something. Give this. Many of you within the sound of my voice, whether in this room or on Periscope or on the phone, you have a dislike for this man that has nothing to do with the kingdom. This is a spiritual battle. And one of the things that God is saying is this, you only see on one level You only see what you're shown. You're only seeing what's before you. But have I not before surprised you? (laughs) Have I not done things in ways that you wonder how could good come out of that? And as you're looking in the natural, as you're looking in the physical realm, your bigotries and your prejudices that you allow the adversary, the demonic kingdom, to impart into you is operating right now in my name. Tell it to go. Command it to go so that your eyes can be open, your heart can receive, and I can pour You can receive what I have already poured out for you. You stop your own blessings. No one else can stop them. What I have blessed is blessed. What I have blessed is blessed. And I have blessed this nation. So stop watching and and judging by what you see. And start to listen to what I have said. I command it. Pray for the leadership. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I have commanded you to do such. So you walk in that. And as you walk in that. As you obey me. You will begin to see. No, actually see. You will begin to see what has already been done. Pray, Jesus.
0: As a Spirit of grace. Hallelujah! Glory, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Jesus. glory, to, Jesus. glory. glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory Thank, to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank Crazy you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank glory you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank Jesus. The pastor is coming. Glory to Jesus! Glory to Jesus! Come on, give the Lord a hand, Hallelujah. praise! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: So let me
0: ask you a question. What's a hand praise? You're asking me.
1: What's a hand praise? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> go ahead. No. Oh, go ahead. She's asking
0: you. She asking me. A uh, uh, hand praise is is adoration to God.
2: Hallelujah, yeah. What
0: else? Um, it is a way as you pray and you give a hand praise, you silence the enemy.
2: Glory, Did we do that?
0: Yes. Well, we didn't do enough of it. We didn't do it with our whole heart. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: kind of what I yeah. Did you have something nope. to add to that? I was just thinking about it. Um, you know, we say it, and it's like, thanks God. <laughs> yes. So, all right. All throughout this, we're not going to do it now because it, it would be forced. But what we're going to do is throughout, as the Spirit of the Lord speaks to situations, specifics in your life, praise him, and release the fullness of what he has into that moment, and we're going to do what you said throughout, amen, Amen. 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 hallelujah, thank you, thank you, welcome to those that are joining us on media, as well as those that are present here in, in the building. Uh, thanks for, for, for being here and for what it is that the Spirit of the Lord could say. So you can go ahead and be seated. And I want to just go ahead and get to this. We're updating a lot of things, so yeah, biblical solutions for life, 2019. 2019! <laughs> right. And... I most likely will be praying throughout. There's, there's some wonderful things that are going on. We're going to talk about the culture of the kingdom of God. And we're going to talk about the power of change life. That's the, that's the message. That's the hallmark or the anchor, foundational stone of what biblical solutions for life is about, is that the Bible has the solutions. The, the spoken word of, of God is the solution to every. Scenario we could possibly fathom, even things we cannot imagine in our lives. There are words that have been written and spoken, spoken and written, that apply to every situation. Not as a simple band aid, but as an actual demolishing of works of darkness to bring us into the, the <clears throat> arena that He wants. So the power of a changed life. Is something that our apostle has talked about um, throughout this this time. See, a changed life has power. And our job is to realize what kind of power we have when our lives are changed. So I'm uh, emphasizing victorious kingdom living. That's pretty much what, what we talk about. However, victorious Kingdom living may not look like hmm. what people think that it does. And, and so when I, I believe my assignment this morning, I, because I, I heard the Lord speaking to me this week, and it was like, did I, did I do what you asked me to do? Did I, did I do it in a way? Because I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that I did it, because something just doesn't feel finished. And he finished it, uh, that portion of it on my way in this morning. And so what I recognize is we're we talking about all things are possible with the right wisdom. And that God's right wisdom corrects what is wrong. This is basically where I can't. That all things are possible with the right wisdom. And the only right wisdom is the wisdom of God. It is not the wisdom of a wise woman or man. It is the wisdom of God. If that person happens to articulate the wisdom of God, then this is good. This is very, very good. But the wisdom of this world does not sound like the wisdom of God. It doesn't leave the, the, it doesn't leave the atmosphere refreshed. And what you'll find as, you, as we look in the spirit and as we listen, there is a difference when worldly wisdom is given than there is when the wisdom of God is released. The difference is one is a heavy weight. The other one disperses the weight. It demolishes the thing, and it changes the atmosphere. And I can tell that there are times that that I've walked in in my own understanding. This is why in Proverbs he says, trust in the Lord with all of your mind, your will, your emotions, and don't lean to what you understand without him okay because you're going to operate out of the wrong wisdom yes yes scripture backs that up there is a way that seems right to you but it's not it leads to destruction because it's not the righteousness it's not the right wisdom Mm -hmm. i used to know someone that used to say oh there's no right or wrong well he was wrong
1: because there is
2: Otherwise, righteousness wouldn't be such a big thing. So God's right wisdom corrects what is wrong. And as Dr. Baker said, you may have been uh, born wrong, but you weren't created that way. And the Bible says from the beginning it was not so. This is what Jesus said. I'll give you these scriptures: Matthew 19:8, Mark 11:22 through 24, 1 Corinthians 2:9, and 2 Corinthians 4:18. Also, need to interject an apology. I listened to the thing uh, last week's teaching, and apparently I told you I was going to send you uh, slides that I uh, would give you the scriptures that we were talking about, and I failed to do that. I, did, I do have them made up, and I will have to post them on the website, but I failed in that. I apologize for lying to you. I didn't mean to. And it's okay with me when I say I'm going to do something by a certain time for somebody to say, did you do it? Or you know, can I? Can you tell me where to find it? Because frankly, I didn't remember. It's just that simple. Not an excuse, but there it is. So I'm fine with nudges. If you annoy me, then I'll just go get with God and get some more rest, so that my flesh doesn't get in the way. So I will post those this week, <laughs> okay. and uh, you are feel free if you haven't received them by Wednesday to ask me. Uh,
0: i find them on the
2: website okay because we want to walk in that integrity so from the beginning he said again it wasn't so jesus said this therefore the things seen can be changed with the right words we just saw the demonstration of the spirit of god with that we just experienced that with what he spoke through the apostle concerning this nation that if we Look, at whenever we look in, at this nation or anything or anyone through the eyes of the wisdom of this world, man, we are missing it. Yes, we are. Hallelujah. Okay? We are absolutely missing it. So I want to look at this again. and, and, and once, you know, Today we're going to make it really more personal in order to move into the thinking that we're talking about. The Bible says, again, Jesus said, from the beginning, it was, it was not so. So, he, so there was a beginning. And from the beginning, God created man in his own image. This is in the book of Genesis. Go to Genesis 1. And Father, I thank you that the anointing is always upon your word. And it is the vessels that speak your word that I have the privilege and the honor of releasing what you say, what you have said, into the service. We also get the joy and the blessing of receiving those same words manifested in our lives. And the more that we speak what you say, I have said, the more that we recognize the commitment that you have made to mankind. The commitment that you have made to your own word, and that you, it is impossible for you oh. to lie. And you never forget, I forget, you don't forget. And so we bless you and thank you today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the teacher. I choose to learn from you, sir, and to hear what it is that you're saying to all of us so that Jesus is glorified, so that the, the treasure, the, the reward that he sowed his, sowed his blood for, that he reaps upon every way, so that the Father's heart is pleased with his children delighted in us on a, even a different capacity from just your, your regular self because you love us all the time and that you, Holy Spirit, have joy in being our governor, being the one that leads us and guides us into truth and that you get the opportunity to open up things to us that the heart of the King has longed for us to know. I thank you. With that resting upon us today then we will reach for you. In the name of Jesus. In Genesis 1 verse 31 it says that God saw everything that he had made and he said behold it was very good. Further up he said let's make man in our own image. This is on the sixth day and he's done all these different things and he's called them good but here it says, this on the, at the end of this day, that he looked and he saw everything. He saw everything. That's why it's not together, everything. Every single thing that he had made. And behold, he saw it as very good. And the evening and the morning were on the sixth day. On the sixth day. God deemed it very good. And I was listening to someone talk about, you know, what was the first thing that man did after man was created. And you think about it, it's like, well, the seventh day came. He's basically a day old in the earth. But God was resting. And so what did man do? And I think about, you know, when you bring a newborn baby home, there's a lot of work that goes into the labor and the birth so when you get home, there's breast. <laughs> the kid's not told, all right, you are your weight around here. Because you're going to cost us in diapers and formula and all these other kind of things. There's actually a treasuring moment, a, moments of awe and bliss, that there's somebody new, a new life in your home, and, and someone that you feel responsible for. And you don't really know what to do with them they don't do they have three primary functions other than looking cute they eat they cry they soil diapers and then they you know that's pretty much it and they blow bubbles and discover and i think they're enjoying time with angels and 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 jesus uh, you know just just that time well i think that that reflection of, of a newborn's life is exactly What ours is. Because on the seventh day, he rested. But man was in the earth. So, what did he do? I don't think he said, Well, we've made man, my work here is done, dusted off his hands, and went back to heaven. I'll I'll check in with you after my rest. No, I think that man got to rest with God and in God. And that we had this opportunity. To learn the first thing, the first uh, principle of our lives is to be in His presence, because God was pleased with the man He made. Typically, when you're pleased with something, you don't walk away from it; you draw it close to you. And then it said that man became Genesis two seven tells us man became a living soul. That word "soul" is nephish. On purpose, He said man became a living soul. Man became, man had the breath of God on the inside of him, but he became a living mind, a living will, living with emotions, everything that was in the image of God. Yes, yes. And therefore, the ability from the soul level, from the mind, the will, and the emotions to connect to the presence of God. Glory to God. And this is what we're talking about when we talk about the mind of Christ the the alignment with with the spirit with the presence of God the spirit is already born again and the mind the will and the emotions the bible says that we work out our salvation in the soul of salvation Well, what are you talking about we get all that junk out that ever blocked us from being in his presence in your when, when your mind is in the presence of God your Yes, it does. Yes, it does. People who have been through excessive trauma, when the blood of Jesus gets hold, and when the presence of God comes, it, or we enter into his presence, there's a connection of the soul. And when this happens, the power of the divine God does what he does. He simply is. He is healing, wholeness, wellness, soundness, peace, prosperity, all those things. So I'm saying to you, and, and we've talked a little bit about it in, in a couple of weeks, we'll do more about the spirit of the mind. The spirit of the mind in the presence of God will take on the ways of God. My God that's so true. And open, be opened up to hear and to see and to know. And you and I can cease and desist from walking around like bruised, wounded souls. Yes, that was the whole intent. Come away with me. Our souls, the mind, will, and emotions were given to us as part of an overall experience and manner of communicating with God. Our souls prosper and they thrive through intimate knowledge with our life source. They thrive with intimate knowledge, uh, through intimate knowledge with him. So you understand that if if we are not, if our souls prosper and thrive through intimate knowledge with God, then they do not thrive and prosper with intimate knowledge of the ways of this world. That's right. That's brain damage. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Because... The human soul longs after a divine connection. Let's go to Psalm 42. It does. I think sometimes we, you know, you nasty mind, you nasty will, you nasty emotions. No, they're not. They God called them good. He said, "Man became a living soul," and he he gave these things to us as an impartation of himself. So no, they're not. The corruption makes them, causes us. To, to malfunction. But the original intent of God from the beginning, it was not so. In Psalm 42, David is talking about his longing. And I think this really says it, that the human soul longs after this divine connection. He says, the heart or the deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after you, God. I, I, I've been told, I don't know a lot about deer. I know somebody who shoots them, but Basically, that the capacity for 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 water, or the capacity to to thirst, they have such a great um, ability to to drink that when they are parched, that panting after it, it, it's a it's a longing, it's a it's a thing on the inside that says that's my only priority is to get something to drink. That's probably why Bambi and them all got taken out at the edge of the water. Because they have to drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. They're panting after this. And David said, my soul must drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink in your presence. This is what you were created to do. Lord, this is what I was created to do. To so long after this divine connection, he says, "My soul thirsts for God, for the living God." And then when shall I come and appear before God? Now you understand these things have been answered. But what he articulates is something that many individuals on this planet do not know. And that it, but it explains why we pursue the madness of this world the way sometimes we can or why others do. He says, my tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say, my tears are speaking, where is God? Where is God? Why? Because on the inside of him, see, this is what we have that he did not. He did not have that connection on the inside where it's like my soul should be able to rest in your presence. My soul should be able to pull from you everything that I need without effort simply because I'm in your presence. And so he did have to kind of work for certain things in that sense that the spirit of the Lord wasn't on the inside. If David had been born from above, what kind of life do you think he would have led? Mm -hmm. Having that intimacy on the inside of him that we can sometimes, especially in the Western church, maybe, maybe not, but we take for granted what we don't even understand. Oh, yes, we do. Do you see and so we pray today for understanding what you have, you don't, he said, I, I shared from a book uh, I had read a, a couple of weeks back where the man after he saw an encounter with the power of his words took down a demonic thing and the spirit of the Lord told him, you don't know the power that you have. It's the power that resides on the inside of us, it's the person of the power. That is on the inside mm-hmm. of us. And it is the ability to be able to say what has been said with the expectation that it it just like that, even as I'm saying it, before you called, I've answered. Oh, yeah. The intimacy of this is what Is the mind what is comprising the mind of Christ? The mind, the will, the emotions of Jesus were all divinely connected to the Father. This was his anguish on the cross. Not even the pain of the of the nails and the crucifixion, but the separation from the father, the separation of his mind, his will, his emotions, the intimacy that he had. Anything else can go. You can have the money, you can have the house, you could have, but you cannot have my peace.
1: Oh, yes. Whoa, oh yes, yes, yes.
2: That's the price yes. he paid. Not want to get my peace. Oh, yeah. Stuff can be replaced, but the peace of God oh, has a price yes. paid on it, oh, a Lord. price on it yes. that is far greater yes. than any kind of monetary yes, in this yes, earth. Yes, Do you yes, know yes. what you have? To you treasure it, you see. So here he says, um, uh, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy dead. So why are you cast down on my soul? And are you disquieted in me? And the reason is because you're not connected. Why are you depressed? Why are you walking in here so sad? Why is this happening in your life? Why are you dwelling on material, earthly, sensual, devilish things as though they have greater power in your life than who the presence of God is, who is in him? everything that you need. Because I'm not connected. That would be why. This is David. He's saying here, why are you cast down? Why are you disquieted in me? Don't you hope in God? He says, for I shall yet praise him, the help of his countenance, even his face looking at me. Do you know when God looks at you, he sees you? People can look at you all day. You look at people all day. Do you see everyone that you pass by? No, we don't. But God does. When Jesus looks at you, he sees you. Everything.
1: All at one time.
2: And he loves.
1: That's it. That's it. That's it.
2: Verse 6. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites and the hill of Mazar. Verse 7. Deep calls unto deep. At the noise of thy water sprouts, all your waves and your billows are gone over me. And the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night, his song with me. My prayer unto the God of my life. I'm going to stop there, so I'll change that to say Psalm 42, 1 through 8. But what are the emphasis that I want to make on this is that you knew the source of the healing for soul. But he didn't always know how to obtain it. We have a treasure, this treasure in earthen vessels. The spirit of the Lord that abides on the inside of us, not simply to take up residence, but to bring the fullness of the desire of the King into our thinking, so that everything in us responds to him. This is why you are here, you see. All the other stuff, the, the prayers that we do, and all of these things, you know, on one level, you can say it doesn't matter. Not because it's not important, but because when I get this priority right, that stuff is totally demolished. <laughs> you see, a body of inter- intercessors that pray to pray affect one thing, but people who know their God are strong in him. And we'll do great exploits in him, resting in his power, resting in the, the strength of his work, resting in his abiding presence, doing the things that he wants done with such precise um, intention that everything gets taken care of. That's what Jesus did. And that's what
1: we also are here to do.
2: Some people try to fill the longing of the divine connection with other things. They, you know, you stop playing maybe, uh, playing ball and playing this and we grow up and we think, oh, we gotta do this. And the lust and the desire, the same type of enticements that were, were shown to the woman in the garden when he said, hey, have you considered this or have you considered that? People want some kind of experience to fill a hole. I need to do something, whether it's, it's illicit stuff or it's, it's just excessive. Um, you can't eat enough. You can't drink enough. You can't smoke enough. You can't, um, you can't have enough sex. You can't, you can't spend enough money. There's nothing that this earth has that will fill the capacity that's right, that's right. That, that longs for the Spirit of God. Right. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. You can't even, in, 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 in terms of... Uh, Oh, I don't do any of that. You can't pray enough. You can't read enough Bible. You can't do any work that will take the place of simply resting and receiving his presence and abiding in him. The other stuff comes out of that because it's from the inside to the outside. I'm not minimizing the things that we do in, within Yeshua, the reading and the praying and, and so forth. But see, the, the focus when even when God says focus prayer, what does that mean? Rest in me and let's do this. Yeah, together. that's it. It's together. He never created us to be separate from him. Never. never. We were never ever supposed to be separated, divided from his presence. So whether people even believe in him, Whether they know it or not, everybody on the planet who was, who is, and who is to come is designed to seek intimate connection with the Creator. And when you have it instead, what the evil one messes you up, go to Acts chapter 17. I don't. uh, Acts 17, we'll look at verse 23. You could say that this is an introduction this is to strange. the slide. Well, I'm saying it, actually, but yeah. <laughs> this is an introduction to the slides that you're familiar with. This is like our, our prequel to, to the other part of it. But in Acts chapter 17, Paul is there in Athens, and he sees that he talks to people and he saw in the city, verse uh, 16, he says, while he waited for, for his companions at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. And he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. That hurts you on levels. Um, your spirit is stirred in, in such a way because you see the destruction. Of human
1: lives, yes, yes, by demonic forces,
2: and the people enjoy themselves to death, and yet they don't. You know, when you party all the time, or a lot of us might have done it at, at, at some point in your life, or uh, whatever it was that you did to excess, you know, you reach a saturation point. And, you know, unless you're old and you didn't get to do it a lot, because I think there are folks that still like to go clubbing or whatever it's called. But I tell you what, a lot of us, we did it so intensely for three, four, five, six, seven years straight. And they just him a night. You said, "I'm staying home. I ain't going nowhere." I have right. had it with bad breath, people. I've had it with smoky corners. and I'm not giving another dime of my anything. That's if right. I want my liquor, I'll go buy it at the store and drink it out of a clean <laughs> glass. I ain't going nowhere. I'm done with it. <laughs> this is obviously yeah, before Jesus. Right. How it uh, I pray. But <laughs> but you reach a saturation point with certain things that you thought I could do this for the rest of my life. You see, the Word of God doesn't do that. Even they say, well, somebody fell away from him, they weren't connected. Because if there's more, we were really in. There is, there is nothing else. Peter said that. So here he is. He's great. And uh, I think I said verse 23, but I, I saw that. It says that he's looking, and he went and talked to folks. And, I, and one of the scriptures that really, lo- I love this, it, it's verse 18. It says there were certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics who encountered him. And some said, What will this babbler say? (laughs) Another rendering of it, Who is this babbler? And I just think that that is so funny that the word of truth was so foreign to them that they didn't understand the language that he spoke in. Hmm. That their, their connection, spirit connection, had been corrupted for so long that they didn't know that there was any other way. And so here he is preaching this message that they're thinking you really are not making any sense at all. We worship Diana and Ephesus we do this here, we do this. We, what, what are you talking about? Because you are babbling as far as we're concerned. We don't even know if you're even speaking the same language that we are so what do they do they um, they said some others said he seems to be a center forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus in the resurrection he's talking something very odd he's talking about this man he's talking about this resurrection resurrection and, and, and that this is, this is a god well what kind of god is this this is really the kind of discussion. See, he got him talking. Yep, 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 yep. He made he, he converted whoever was converted was converted, he got him talking. Sometimes that's your only function.
0: <laughs> what she said. That's good.
2: So they took him. And they said, uh, come over here. You see, he got a door open. <laughs> and his ministry was, was he, he he they took him to the Areopagus, saying, <laughs> okay. Why? Because these are Stoics and Epicureans, these are intellectuals. Um, tell us, tell us about this new doctrine wherein you speak. What, what is this about? Because you see, new doctrines were interesting. What what's the latest fad, the trend? You know, we used to, to juice with prunes, but now we juice with green stuff. And one day maybe it'll change, goes back to the brown or the green. The colors are always typically ugly. But um, you know. What is this new diet? What is this new trend? What is this new exercise? What is this new dance? What is this new religion? This new doctrine? That's how they treated it. So he said, they said, because you bring certain strange things to our ears, and we would know, therefore, what these things mean. He who has ears to hear. And their ears were starting to change. Oh, yeah. Because the words that he spoke were spirit work looking to make connection with souls that had been absent from the presence of God. My God, yes, yes, yes. That was Paul's whole thing there, is to make a connection. I want to introduce you, and, and maybe it'll just be the preliminary type of thing, but I want to tell you something that you never, ever heard. Because this place is so steeped in idolatry, the demons have been keeping you busy your whole life. <laughs> I want to tell you about a resting place. So he talks to them. And verse 21 it says, For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else, see, but either to tell or to hear some new thing. That's all they did. Must have had a lot of money. <laughs> what are well, you going to do all day? I'm going to go see what's new. Puts a whole new spin on what's happening, huh? <laughs> so Paul stood in the middle of the Mars Hill and he said, men of Athens, and he started to preach. I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. You are too open to everything. You are so entrenched in this lot that you live. You've never been satisfied with any answer to any question. My God. You're still seeking. That's what he saying. You're still seeking. What was the difference when Paul came? Paul wasn't looking. He wasn't looking for the kingdom. He wasn't looking for a Messiah. He wasn't looking for a savior. He wasn't looking for the answer. All that was settled. So if, see what I'm saying. For us, it puts us in a very, it, it puts us in a, in, a, in a category that the rest of the world doesn't have and some, even in the church world, don't have. That's right. This is settled. I'm not looking for another Savior. I'm not looking for an answer beyond Jesus. Sometimes we do.
1: Yes. We look
2: for, the word is not fast enough. It just doesn't do what I need. I could probably send off $4.95 for shipping and get the answer in a bottle. Wait for it. As opposed to speaking the word, I'll find what man has created that's supposed to solve my problem. Because the word takes too long. And $4.95, hey, it'll be here in five days. And my life will be changed because of that investment of $4.95. No. It's changed because of the investment of blood, the blood of God. So he tells them, I pass by, and behold your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him I would declare unto you. And this is huge, because nobody knew who the unknown God was. But Paul said, I do. I know. I, I know who he is. I can make him known to you, so you can change name. <laughs> That's right.
0: Okay. And so
2: then he does. He said, "God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though He needed anything. Seeing He gives to all life and breath and all things. And He has made of one blood all nations." Wow. Yes. See, he was there. Of men which dwell on all the face of the earth, the nation, one blood, all nations, uh. and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Verse 27 is where I want, I'm not going to count, but this is what I want you to, to highlight. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel, or another version of it says grope after him, and find him. Though he be not far from every one of us, you don't have to go to the mountains to go here. Go look outside in the backyard, up at the sky. God, where are you? You see, Paul is saying that what David was asking, God has answered. He's not far. He is available. For in Him, he said, we live. In Him, we move. In Him. We have our being, not our our striving, not our struggling, but we actually are resting here. We we, we belong in him. This is what he wants and has from the very beginning. Now, this is an introduction so that what we're looking at again is that we seek, we're designed to seek intimate connection with our creator. We live in him as he dwells in us. Faith in God comes from knowing Him. And when we know His character and His spiritual reputation, we believe what He said because He said it. That's right. That's in Ah! a nutshell what Jesus said. I, I know who this is. I know what He stands for. I know what He wants. I know what He said. I know that His character. Is all connected in this. I know that he is the healing for my soul. I know he thinks the thoughts that I need to think. I know that his thoughts toward me are for good and not for evil. These are the things that I know. And I believe what he said because he said it. That's all it takes. The the centurion told Jesus look, all you got to do is say it. You say it, it's done is done because I have watched you and I see you and I see that you see us Ah! and because you see us and you say what you say you back it up every time you have a resource at your command that allows every word that you speak to be released into our lives Exactly, as you said, you have access to something outside of of our our earthly vision, that when you connect to this, you connect it to a source that can change my life. And I want what you have. And I want who you are. This is what the message is. To know him as we are known and to live and have our existence in him is what we were created to do. People reject it all the time because they're ignorant of what they're turning their back on because they've been duped into believing that the struggle is real. The victory, the victory in Jesus is more real than the struggle. To live and have our existence in him, to participate in his divine nature. This is the true oneness, the connection. John 17, 21, and we're not gonna look at these at the moment, but I'll give those to you. Um, Philippians 3, 7 through 15, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, and 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. All of these, let's look at go to 2 Peter. That one I want to do. <laughs> 2 Peter chapter 1. And we talked a little bit about this on Wednesday night. Um, I'm really grateful, I'm going to say, to Ananias and Sapphira uh, for what I learned. And we'll be looking at that, I think, in just a little bit. But it says that in verse 3, that (coughs) blessed, blessed the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Begotten us again. Were you reading? I'm reading, oh, I was in First Peter. Well, let me read this to you. It's 2 Peter 1. Is what I said, but I'm reading First <laughs> Peter three. But listen to this. One of the Peters there. One say, yeah, you know, that other Peter. <laughs> okay. But listen to that. According to his abundant mercy, this is 1 first, first Peter 1, 3. According to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then he talks about the inheritance. You can go ahead and go back over to Second Peter. I'll get to the that. But but see, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because see, that's important. That's exactly what we're talking about. He has begotten us again. I want my stuff back. I want my family. I want my children. I want them to know what life is like in this earth connected to me because they've lived so long without it. (coughs) The goodness of God is the desire for us to have the best, and He is the best. That's right. That's right. He wants us to have the royal power, the dominion, all of those things that only come from Him. And he, He said, and what He's taught us is, but you can't have it. Unless I get you back. You can have the world's level, but it won't satisfy. I want you back. So here, he said, according, verse three, Second Peter, according as his divine power has given unto us all things, unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that he has called us, To glory and virtue. Okay, so what are we looking at? Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. By what? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Through that glory and virtue is given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these you shall be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Because see, the lust, the, the, the desire, the running after the things that will destroy you, that's the corruption of the world. Yes. And being trained from the beginning like a hamster on a wheel to run after, they'll throw things at you, give you this, give you that, satisfy you with everything that you think. Is something. There's nothing wrong with the goods of, of the world. There's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having nice furniture and this, that, and the other. What he was saying is, I want to be the one to give it to you because the price has been paid. That's it. But if you get it through the devil's way, if you get it through this work the way of the world, you will be paying for it your entire life. Yes, you will. There is a difference. Between the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of God, they're not even in the same class. What'd you say? Nothing that Satan has is equal to God. That's right. nothing. 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 nothing, Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So anything that we have acquired through the ways of our natural understanding, we get to go to God and say, let's clean this up. You don't need to say, oh, I hate my car. I hate my this. I hate my that. That isn't the point. The point is, you know what I did out of wisdom, uh, in, in the wisdom of the world. I will now allow the wisdom of the King to deliver me from the mess that I made. I am a witness yes. of <laughs> such things. Okay, so now that's our introduction, so that we can learn to cultivate the power of a changed life, one thought at a time. One thought at a time. One thought at a time. That's right. So this was the intro to uh, what we talk about. So the first step about cultivating the power of a changed life, as we said, one thought at a time, is to understand that obedience to God disables the power of insecurity that stems from wrong beliefs, okay? Because all the wrong beliefs we have are really based on uh, insecurity. Why? Because that's the way Satan wants you. Do you know you can't actually be confident in the world without Jesus? You can pretend. They go, no, I see these people, they don't believe in God or anything, and they have absolute confidence. No, they don't. They can't. Or security. No, they don't. How do I know? Because Satan is not in the security business. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. He's he's, he's not. He's a threat. He's He's a security breach. He is not superior. <laughs> so, oh, yes, I tr- some trust in chariots and some in horses. Well, that's not the right security because, you know, chariots, wheels can break and horses can fall. Do okay. you understand? So, obedience to God. Mm. Jeremiah 7, he says, obey my voice and I will be your God. Mm. Obey my voice, which means that you have the capacity. Well, God doesn't speak to me. It's not that he's not speaking to you. It's that what he's saying is not what you want to hear. (laughs) 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 Because it's impossible for, you know, I just, I can't hear him. You're listening for something else. And the things that he nudges you with, 1 Corinthians 2, two six and 2.16, Philippians 27, and 1 Peter 1, 13 will we'll take you through that. Since I'm in 1 Peter, I'll read verse 13. I'm leaving the scriptures for, uh, for us to look at separately, but here he said, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober,
1: Yes, and yes. expect yes. to the
2: end for the grace that is to be brought into you, unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Expect it. Verse 14, as obedient children, Wow. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. You no longer have to be connected to those things. In Romans, he also talks about, I'm no longer a debtor to sin. I don't owe it my allegiance it. anymore. Why? Because I'm disconnected. And I've been connected to, to, to the spirit of grace, to love. So now we're talking, all along, i have been talking about game changers. The power of a kingdom game changer is to know the connection that you have. You know, anybody that does anything uh, on their own is, has, had, has had a very um, tragic lifestyle because you were not meant to be by yourself. That's right. And typically, what that yeah. tells me is you're very wounded, you have a lot of defenses, you're prideful,
0: Say it. and right. you're really stupid,
2: really, really, really stupid. Yes. Dull of understanding, you don't yes. get yes. the fact yes. that you couldn't even birth yourself. So how did you do anything that's just you? you good. How'd you get here? Well, you didn't birth yourself, you didn't impregnate yourself and, and bring yourself forward. Oh, I'm a self-made man. Well, there you go, right there. See, you know, the, 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 that means that you are inferior quality because you're meant to be so much more—a more God-made man. Come on,
1: woo! Chop it up, right? Okay,
2: that's right now, that one I'll just give it to you. Chop it up, <laughs> kingdom game changers. <laughs> See, think like Jesus, and Jesus thinks like God. Now, everything that we've been talking about—you understand—we've been talking about how Jesus. We've been looking at how God thinks. And so since this is the winning way, that's the winning success formula for life, is to think the way of the winner. I, I remember Dr. Mike Murdoch yes. used to have this whole thing on the wisdom school and the way of the winner and, and you know, success and, and so forth. Well, um, you got to be thinking like God. Because he's the only one that wins. Satan doesn't win. It appears that he does because of certain types of tragedy or things like that. But he doesn't win. He never will. Jesus said, I'm going to have to, uh, Jesus didn't say this, but I have to go a little bit faster here. Uh, in, uh, we read this last week that in, in John 17, uh, 26, I guess, or 23, thereabouts, that he said that I'm praying for them And I'm praying that they will. um, I'm praying for those who believe in me because of what they say. And I'm praying for them because I want them to have the oneness. What did he pray? That they would have connection. Yes. That we would be connected to the Father as Jesus is connected to Jesus, as Jesus is connected to the Father. I am them. I am you. You in them. You know. So that um, in them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, or you have loved them as you have loved me. This is what he said. I desire that they also, who you gave me, may be with me where I am. What is that? Connection in the spirit realm of the mind, the will, the emotions, the, this, this, you're already seated in him. But he didn't mean for us to leave the mind. To the care of the earth. It's not just saying to everyone here, think differently, repent. I'm going to say it, but understand that the heart of it, at the heart of it, is the desire of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Spirit, to bring us into to bring the the forth the kingdom that is on This is what Jesus was saying. So he said, oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you. And Paul told us that when, when we're looking in Acts, where he is in Athens. The, the world, the people of this world have not known you. But I have known you. Mm-hmm. And these have known that you sent me. That is so key. Whoever we go, you're the one. We have convinced, thoroughly persuaded that you were the one. And he says that knowledge opens up connection to the Father. Because they know that you sent me. And I have declared them your name. Not mine. I mean, he didn't even go around preaching. Jesus didn't preach Jesus. Jesus preached kingdom. That's right. So when we preach Jesus, we preach kingdom. He says, so I've declared to them your name. And will declare it through, through us. That the love with which you love me. May be in them and I in them connected. Connection. Connection. So it calls for total immersion into the kingdom, life, and culture. Why Total? Because we're connected. This word, this, this here, this is this is like umbilical cords all over the place. <laughs> Every single one of these scriptures, these things that God has said connects us. To another aspect of him, who he is, and what he does, and how he does it. And enables us to manifest the glory of God. What is the glory of God? The presence of God in places that are starved. That's right. Starved. We talked about consistency. And I'll go into that more on another one. But these are the qualities that you look at Jesus. He's consistent, Let there, that therefore abiding you, which you have heard from the beginning. It tells us that when he was 12 or 13, when they went to find him, and he's getting word on the inside of him. He's getting scriptures because from the beginning of this time, I'm going to be consistent with my source. Glory to
0: God.
2: And it's always going to be what the Father said. So he did not look at the the Torah. He didn't look at the law and the prophets. He did not look at it from the eyes of men, but he looked at it through the heart of the original writer. So it was the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us holy men inspired of God released these words. Jesus never said, oh yeah, you know, because Isaiah said it, oh, because David said it, and therefore, you know, it must be. He said, because the Spirit of the of, of God spoke through David, yes, yes, spoke yes, yes, through yes, Isaiah, yes. spoke through Moses, spoke through Elijah, oh. spoke through... Yes. If yes, it spoke yes. through, then there's an impartation. What does that mean? When you look at the word this way, that means that on the inside of me, even as I talk, there are hands that reach out That's for you to draw you into Him. Not into me, but into
0: Him. Yes, yes, yes.
2: They reach out. This is what He said. When He speaks through us, then hands come out to draw us. I in part release his hands, his heart, his voice to us so that he can draw us back and consistency is I'm going to stay with this this is how I started this is how we continue this will not go away there's not going to be a day that you come and I say I'm finished with that I don't want to read the bible anymore I don't want to walk in things this way I do this continually he said until I come give attention to reading to exhortation to doctrine do not neglect what? the gift, the connection that is on the inside of you. It's a connection with him. Spirit. Presence. <laughs> Two ways. You know, a gift is a present, but we're also talking about the presence of God. Do not neglect it. Don't walk away from this. Don't treat this like it's nothing. Don't look at this like it's just another part of your life. Oh yeah, and I'm saved. No. No. No, this is your life continually. He said, because this was what was given. And in the case of Timothy, he's like, because hands were laid on you and they spoke these things. Well, whether anybody ever laid hands on you and spoke a prophecy or not, God still wrote it. That's it.
1: That's it. It's still it. And your job
2: and our, our desire and our honor and privilege is to discover what is written on the inside of us. Why? Because we're living scrolls. Everything that He said about us is already in us to we're a living scroll. Okay? We'll go into that more. Daily. Daily in the temple and in every house. In the house, oh, they oh, cease oh, not oh, to oh, teach oh, and preach oh, oh, to Jesus Christ. On the phone. What if they're, well, don't I need an audience? No. Sometimes you need to be the audience. You need to be the <laughs> one hearing. Preach Jesus to yourself. Especially when you're sitting there looking at a pile of papers that oh. say that you, oh, 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 or off to jail you go and all that kind of stuff. Preach Jesus. Speak to those things. I tell you. I prophesy to you in Jesus' yes. name. I call you paid. I call you this. I have a covenant that allows me to make the exchange. This is debt, but he is rich, and I take yeah. his rich and give you. He give him you debt and remove it. And I'll daily, 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 every day, have the mindset that is your life-changing power. The kingdom beliefs. The kingdom ideologies that shape your wisdom. Kingdom, right, a source, the right source of wisdom. Your knowledge, your understanding goes to a higher place. It can't stay with earthly, sensual, and devilish. The wisdom of this world will only gain you the things of this world. But the wisdom of God allows you to overcome the things of this world that are already set up to defeat you. Because that's the way Satan did it. I don't want them to have victory in this world. I want them to be continually striving and defeated. Never on your side. He's never on your side. But the wisdom that is from above is the wisdom that allows you to see it for what it is and speak the words that disperse it from not only you, but from the people that you come in contact with. Because you have divine connection
1: Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. My understanding, my wisdom, my knowledge, divinely connected. My understanding, divinely connected. My insight, divinely connected. It equips my spirit to then have that spirit controlled my life, of, of controlling my feelings, my emotions, my attitude, my behavior, and my habits. How do I do it? One game-changing thought at a time. Yes, it's Lord. just one thought at a time so Jesus said remember he asked the question in John 6 will you go away Peter said no because you're it we believe and we're sure that you're the Christ the son of the living God and so there's nowhere else to go so I'm going to live like you God inside mind everywhere you go you are conscious of the father everywhere you go you are conscious of Holy Spirit on the inside of you this mind that is in me which was also in Christ Jesus. This is the mind that I allow. This is the mind that I dwell on. This is the mind that forms my thoughts. This is the mind that shakes my emotions and my feelings. Therefore, he said, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And If in any way you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Because the kingdom dominion mindset, works from the inside, and it flows into the earth. It works from the inside, and it flows into the earth. He says, we speak from above or our conversation and kingdom citizenship originate. The kingdom constitution is the source of our in-earth as in heaven, power, and authority. Wow. God. So what do you think, on? Well, look at this, Ooh. and this, and this. Think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. There's enough here to change your life in one week. Think on these things. Think on these things. He said, Just think on these things. The word is a lie. And God said, and it became so. And faith is what causes us to believe this. This is it. What is that? That's at the, the root of everything. God said, and it became. So when I speak, for God, it becomes what he said. It already is. And you know what I do? I, it's like the great reveal. So it is finished. Is here and I come to whip the covers off and reveal what God has said. By faith, Hebrews 11 tells us that we understand that the things that, that, um, that are seen or the worlds were framed and put in order and equipped by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. By faith we do this, not by, by natural understanding. Faith is not natural. It's supernatural. That's right. The things that seem impossible with the wrong wisdom, because um, the wisdom descends from the, um, from the earthly and sensual and devilish um, to wisdom, which promotes works of darkness, living from the emotions, living from the soul, and the cultivates a deceived mindset. So remember, our thoughts impact every part of our lives. Um, where do I go? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, your mindset again is the set of ideologies and beliefs that you nurture. See, molding it, shaping it. My mind. Yes. I can shape my thoughts to conform to the image through what? The word. I speak it. I put it in me. The word does the work. It's not my hands that are doing that. It's the it's the word of God, it's the word of God, <laughs> the word of God shapes me, I've been talking about intimacy, being intimate with him, that's connection, being with him, did I drop this? Whatever. Okay, I did, just pick up the other one, okay, This here, okay, my God inside mindset cherishes, cherishes kingdom principles and biblical truths that I embrace those beliefs and ideologies that Jesus did. And then the word shapes my feelings. The word shapes my emotions. The word shapes my attitude. The word shapes my behavior. The word shapes my habits. The word affects the atmosphere everywhere. Though. The word, the word, the word, the word that he said. This is how my thoughts change. Being conformed, so when I let the mind that was also in Christ Jesus be in me, kingdom beliefs and ideologies, again, see, it shapes it. When I let the mind that was in me, when, how do you get, this is the mind right here, this is it. You know, you're thinking it's some kind of nebulous thing, like, oh, just let this mystical mind just come in me. The mind of Christ is right here, he's the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God from the beginning. Jesus, the living Word, the mind of Christ. This is it right here. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. Let this, it is written, this is what he said, mind, the expression of the mind of God, let it be in you.
0: Yes, yes.
2: That's where you find it. And when I let those words become more to me, then the words that are on the outside, I'm different. So we're going to get to the second part in like 13 minutes and <laughs> see what we can do here, or 12 minutes. What is your current source for your beliefs and wisdom? That's a question that you have to ask yourself, and you should be able to answer it in the next six weeks. You'll say one one source and one source only, and that's the word of God. Today you might tell me that it, sometimes it's the news, sometimes it's what other people say, Sometimes it's the reports that you get from the job or the bank, and those become your source for your beliefs and wisdom, so that you behave in ways that are common to man. So anything that causes you to do the the things that the regular man does without God, it has to cease to be your current source for beliefs. We're going to skip the part about the deceived mindset. We've looked at that, and we will look at go the, go to the one the symptoms though. Yeah, now, uh, now, Pastor, pick up
1: that other mic. Turn that mic off and pick up that other mic because we're not able oh, to use this one. It fell off my ear. Okay. Okay. We've got to take this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's okay. Perfectly, that's better. Is That better? Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Okay. So the twisted roots. This is the deceived mindset in the symptoms, the twisted roots that are led by feelings. Because your feelings have been rooted in the world, your emotions have been rooted in
1: the world. We uproot with the word.
2: You're been, used to being led by feelings and emotions. Why? Because they're disconnected from the source. You see, this is why he doesn't leave our emotions, our mind, our will to just function in this world the best it can. This is why he wants us to be connected to him his spirit, soul, and body.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: He cares about every single part of us. Remember he called it very good. And living life thinking that you're living life disconnected from God can make you crazy. Your emotions that are twisted and confused in the areas of ups and downs are disconnections. You are firing. We'll get into that more. But those, that why? That's why you can have a deceived mind. That's why you can look like um, the, the demonic word. Skip down about three. Keep going. There because your thoughts are expressed with words, okay? Your thoughts are expressed with words, and if those are the words that you're expressing, the words of this world, then that's that twisted norm. When you strip away everything, this is a messed up mind, but it can be healed. I'll have to put in a really nice tree at some point, okay? So what we're looking at is what, what we believe. We believe that the word of God that the blood of Jesus is the perfect love of God, that the angels on assignment and the power of repentance are, are some of our powerful weapons of deliverance from temptation and evil. We believe that we have authority over all the works of the devil, and we believe that we have, we remember that we have the mind of Christ, that it is written, but it is also declared, that this word, we're not wrestling, this is the part I really wanted to get to, that we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, we're not contending only with physical opponents, but against despotisms and powers and master spirits and so forth. Let me, let me tell you this. First of all, they talk about the kingdom of darkness, but do you understand that the kingdom of darkness does not have a king?
1: That's right. It doesn't have a king.
2: Say he's right. not king. He's prince. That's right. He's called the prince of this world. The prince of the power of the air. The prince of the demon's belt. But he's not a king. Okay. Yes, thank you. You are. A
1: king's kingdom.
2: You are. You are. I am a king. You are a king. He's not. Cannot be. Never will be. He can have a throne, which he does, you know, and he has all these things. But he's not a king. He's not a real lion either.
1: No.
2: He's a fake. That's right. He's a deceiver, he's a liar. But he's not a king. <laughs> so he's an influencer. Thoughts derived from earthly source, sensual devilish power source, which contribute to laugh and so forth. And then we want to go on. I want to, I want to try to get to the, at least the homework, and I don't know that we will get to the homework, but you'll get it at some point. Um, I'm giving you the beginnings of the homework now. So don't be conformed to this world, he said, you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because the carnal effect is this, that if I allow satanic beliefs and ideologies, now that word allow is very important because it means that I have dominion power. That's right. People that drift in and out of depressions and, 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 and thinking, they, they're, they're misusing their power. They, they are uh, deliberately staying disconnected from the true power source, or they they don't want to give up the connection that they have with darkness. You can you can let go now. Thank you, Jesus. You don't you don't have to. You know you're not married to the devil, to the devil. You don't have a
1: covenant with him. Hallelujah. Thank you can you let Jesus. go. You
2: can walk away.
1: Thank you, Jesus. That's right. and so
2: many people they don't understand that, and so they you know the carnality which will, will really will um, stay with this. If you allow the satanic beliefs and ideologies to shape you, then your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding and insight are from below. They are from earthly, sensual, devilish sources. Every time you talk about what you cannot do, every time you talk about what uh, the limitations of your um, ability to obey God, every time you talk about your failures to to have victory or to overcome. You're speaking from a demonic, satanic mindset. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even telling you that the devil thinks that way. I'm telling you that's what he wants you to think. That's right.
1: That's right. We're not
2: even talking about the mind of Satan. We're talking about the influence of Satan on your mind. Praise you, Jesus. This is corruption. These are the things. This this is why, Paul, I'm going to go off grid here. And um, let's go over here in these last few minutes. Let's go over to Acts chapter 5. And I will lay this foundation. I don't teach next week. I think we're doing something different next Sunday. So it'll be a couple of weeks. But we'll pick this up by the end of the month. And I won't forget where we are. Because this is the passion of the Father for us. Nicole had actually asked a question on Wednesday night. And this was part of the answer to the question. I was asked. In Acts chapter 5, actually Haggai chapter 1 starts it because he said consider your ways. God said that because, you you know, and he was saying, you know, you you sow much but you don't reap much. You do this and and, and this and you you know, you're working hard and you give a lot but nothing's coming back to you the way it should. I want you to consider your ways. He is not telling them because you're a bad this, that, and the other. He's saying you're going to have to take a look. This is where you get into the understanding of the soul. You need to consider the ways that your mind is thinking. You need to consider the ways that your eyes are looking. You need to consider the ways that you are hearing, the things that are are coming up. You need to to take a look at what you're taking in and how healthy you are or not. Your ways are promoting health and wellness or promoting destruction in your mind, your will, and your emotions. You're, are you being self-destructive in your soul? Because when you are, it's understanding. It's more understanding comes. This is why you sow much, but you don't reap. Because your thinking is off, off, the, off the chart from what God is saying. You're coming from God. a different grid. This is why certain things are going on in your life. That should not be because you're doing all the right things, but you're thinking the wrong things, and That's you're it. saying That's the wrong it. things, That's and you're expecting the wrong things, but hoping that maybe God will do something else. Oh, yeah. Do you understand? So there's no faith at work because your emotions have not rested in the connection with the Spirit of the Living God. They are are lying dormant in the ways of darkness. So I was like, praise God for Haggai because as I thought about that. I went over here to Acts five, and it said a certain man named Ananias fired his wife sold a possession, and they kept back of the price. His wife also being privy, and he brought a certain part and laid it at the apostle's feet. Okay, thank you. It wasn't him. It was I was really grateful to Barnabas. See, I've named everybody else, but it was Barnabas. Go up to chapter four. Finish that. I'm going to. Oh, okay. Go up to chapter four, <laughs> verse thirty-six. It says in Joseph, or Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, yep, yep. which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land sold and brought the money and laid at the apostles' feet. And then I read about Ananias, and I'm going, well, what's the big deal about Barnabas? Why was that there? And it was there because he wants it there. And then because here it says a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, they sold and so forth. And verse 3 But Peter said, Ananias, why has has Satan why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not yours? And after it was sold, was it not in your own power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You've not lied to men, but at the God. Here's the thing. This is how compromise. Works in our
1: lives. Yes, yes,
2: yes. Barnabas gave because that was his descent of consolation, or what happened. Barnabas did what Barnabas wanted to do. Barnabas sold the land, the field, and he gave. I want everything that I sold to go to this cause. I want all who are together, so that nobody is laughing. This is what I want. Ananias did not deal with jealousy, competition. Or comparisons right. and so yeah. it was told possibly that this is what part of us do. well we have some land that we can sell let's do what he did but I don't want to give them all that money so don't yeah. but don't go telling them you did That's right. if you want to keep that part of it it's yours you do what you want to but do not fake your first fruits. Do not fake your tithing. Do not fake your giving of offerings and act like you obey God when you did not. Because your lie is affecting the nations. And you won't be able to prosper in it. But he asked the question, why did Satan fill your heart? And the answer is because your heart was not connected to God. He filled it because he had access to it. And so and he had access to your wife. You see, you were willing the twisting was still twisted. And you did nothing to let him connect and start, let that word begin to change the things. well we didn't, he didn't have the whole Bible, He had enough of it. It got the rest of them in. The doctrine was being released. This is a heart thing. This is a part of him. and, and it, I, Nicholas, who was another who, who later on comes to be one of the seven was also, known. I have a pagan root. Mm -hmm. And I'm not willing to let go of the pagan root because sometimes it can be good for me. (laughs) Sometimes you just kind of want to get in there and do a little something. Sometimes, not all the time, but every once in a while, you just kind of want to, just, you know, just for old times' sake. It will kill you. So when I read that, he said, Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost as though he wasn't going to know (laughs) that you lied. So I have to leave it there. Um, We've got about three minutes. What I'm saying is this. The scripture says you should. This is the carnal effect. If I allow satanic beliefs and ideologies to shape my wisdom, hey, it'll look good, hey, it'll be all right, hey, this is this, hey, if I allow this to be, then I'm going to mess myself up. I am going to, um, I'm I'm in jeopardy of allowing my spiritual control, spiritual control, my spiritual control over my feelings and so forth to align with demonic spirits.
0: And I will allow my
2: heart to be filled. The wisdom, the earthly sensual devilish wisdom will make sense to me. You see, Jesus said you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That means you can get rid of that confusing cycle. Twisting. Okay? Truth. Truth. Truth oxidizes. Cleanse. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And when you're free, you're really free. Hmm. Free. This is where we are going to be uh, kicking it off in a couple of weeks. Because what we're going to look at is based on this and I advise you um, I believe we're um, working to get the mp3s back for availability in the bookstore but I advise you to watch the rebroadcast or do whatever you need to do you need this message yes. yes and to begin to allow this to start excavating to to expose some some twisted roots there are roots on the inside of us that don't belong. And it's just there because we were we allowed them to stay. As I mentioned before, like those home improvement things where the people don't want to let go of stuff. So I, I, I just want to pose a question. What does the devil have that uh, is worth all that? How much money does it take for you to cease to be, to to walk with God? How how much is it, you know, what what does Satan pay you to cause you to disobey? Where on the inside of us? Are we still in collusion with him? Whether it's the way we uh, react to the president of the United States of America being in this country, what is it is the demonic thing that causes you to dare to disobey God or to defy him or to disagree with him instead of groping for him and seeking after the connection. Areas of compromise, areas of deception, areas of ending it now. So thank you, those of you that joined us um, online today. Stay tuned. In 15 minutes, we'll be back for part two of Biblical Solutions for Life when our Dr. Baker, our apostle, will be bringing the word and take us into places in the spirit realm that we really want to go. So we thank you for joining us today in this first session, and we bless you in the name of Jesus. And thank you. See you in 15 minutes. Amen.